Welcome into 10 Minute Warning. It's time for trivia. Ready? Ready. This AFC quarterback now has four games this season with 300 passing yards and three touchdowns. That's the most in this team's history. Who is it? Would it be Joe Burrow? Really? It is not Joe Burrow. I'll give you a hint. AFC East. It's an AFC East quarterback. Oh, I'm thinking of the wrong division. Sorry. No, I said AFC the first time, so Joe oh, Burrow made oh, sense. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, don't second guess yourself. Okay, I thought you I'm, I'm narrowing it down because you did a bad guess. AFC East. Uh, so that's the Patriots and the Dolphins and the Bills and the – who's the fourth – the Jets. This is not the Jets. This is riveting radio podcast. This is a riveting podcast. I'm going to take a shot and say Sam Darnold. Yeah, I have no idea. The answer is Josh Allen. Okay. Who's having a good season and winning games. Yeah, I just figured that was too easy. I don't I don't know if there's been 300 passing yards in uh, Sam Darnold's career. Probably not. <laughs> Probably <laughs> no, not. But the thing that makes this uh, stat important is Josh Allen, that's the most in Buffalo Bills history. That means he passes Jim Kelly and other greats that have played for the Bills. Wow. Which, That's a big deal. Mostly Jim Kelly. Yeah. Only Jim Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, start the show. Welcome into 10 Minute Warning. My name is Ian. And I'm Harrison. And today we're going to tell you about a GM candidate that we predicted on this podcast who now has a chance to be a GM. Like, that's actually a report now. We've been calling it for the whole season. Right. A quarterback has apologized for eating sushi off of a naked model oh. while on TV. Oh. <laughs> we'll get to that in a couple minutes. But first we start with the best way to use a number two overall pick. So... This this conversation is mostly around the Giants' decision to take Saquon Barkley second overall back in the 2018 draft, mm -hmm. and then for the Washington football team to go the other way and get, you know, well, not really the other way, but go to the other side of the ball and get right. Chase Young. Yeah. Now, the football team is doing the more traditional thing. Right now, um, Bill Polian said it best, and people love to quote him because he drafted Peyton Manning. But he said, if you're picking that high in the draft, you need a quarterback or a pass rusher. Mm -hmm. That's it. So when the Giants took Saquon Barkley, there was a lot of skepticism. Now, we're not here to say Saquon Barkley's not good. That's not the question. The question is, what has he done for the Giants? Right. He was like the first running back taking that high in a long time. A long time. I mean, like him and Zeke are very much outliers draft-wise and when they were selected. I mean, Zeke was about, what, fifth? Six, like, yeah, fifth, fifth or six, yeah. Fifth or fourth. So um, it might be, yeah, fourth. I think he was fourth. Yeah. Um, but either way, like both of them going early, and we can reflect on Zeke a little bit too. So Saquon Barkley's record with the Giants, when Saquon Barkley has been in the lineup with the Giants, their record is 8-23. and 23. That's not good. That's not good. So if you if your job as a GM is to get a team wins – not necessarily yards or give them pieces because we all know that giving Saquon Barkley to any team is going to give you a bell cow running back. It helps you disguise some coverages. Mm -hmm. It's going to help you do a lot of things, but eight wins in three seasons. Now let's 
Let's cross that a little bit. One of those losses, you may give him, you know, a little bit of leeway for because that's the one he got hurt during this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first game this year that they lost, he played. Had 15 carries. That's on him. You know, yeah. Well, not the losses on him, but, you know, that's on his record. Right. So eight wins with Saquon. The Washington football team, since taking Chase Young, who's a rookie, are 5-5 five and five when he plays. He's missed two games this season, and he, they lost both of those. So the team as a whole, worst record. But when Chase Young is in the lineup, 5-5. Five and five. Now, could yeah. Chase Young be great this season and then fall off next season? I mean, right. Saquon Barkley, his rookie year, was getting endorsements. He was the next big thing, you know. Fantasy football commercials had Saquon carrying people around on their shoulders doing weird shit. So I think for me, it boils down to the teams that drafted. So when the Giants took Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley immediately became the best player on the team. Right. When the Redskins took Chase Young, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. There's still better players on that team that are more experienced and can make more of a difference than Chase Young, even though he is a great player. So the record for me is hard to say relevant of those picks yeah so like Saquon Barkley came in he made a difference for that team on offense but it still wasn't enough because the team as a whole was terrible yep so I'm I'm guessing your argument is like which was the better pick yeah my argument is basically so like I didn't I didn't come in with a set goal my goal was just to say that when we get as we're getting closer to draft mode mm-hmm. for the podcast, like once we get through playoffs, Super Bowl, and everything, we'll be full draft pretty much. Draft right. and off season shenanigans. That's how we started. Yes. Oh, that's the good time. That was a good time, right? Yeah. Sitting in your apartment, just no camera, no camera, just talking about players, Tom yeah. Foolery, who we thought was going to take who. Yeah, bro- brothers and orgies together. Yeah, the good stay stuff. together. <laughs> brothers and orgies <laughs> stay together. <laughs> So I guess what I'm saying is Saquon Barkley goes second. Yes. Do you remember who went fifth? 2018. Who who was the oh, Broncos took a player? Fifth overall. I don't remember. It was probably a defensive player. Bradley Chubb. Yeah. So Bradley Chubb was available at two. He was available at three for the Jets, but the Jets had traded up specifically to get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Sam Darnold. See how that's going. Cleveland Browns, everyone thought, oh, my gosh, the Browns got Baker Mayfield, and they already have Miles Garrett, so they might get Bradley Chubb to put on the other side of Miles Garrett, which I think would have been the right move. Yeah. They took Denzel Ward. Which was a good pick. He's, He's in a lockdown safety. Yeah. Army corner. Yeah. I mean, nothing's wrong with Denzel Ward, but just looking at what Chase Young can do, imagine yeah. getting two players – Close to that. Like, if you're taking a pass rusher in the top five, you're right. expecting something like that. I think the hard thing is, is you don't know what's coming in the future to really plan for that. But yeah, going for the Giants' standpoint, had they taken Bradley Chubb, I think they'd still be in the same position they are now. I think that as good as their defense is this year, if they had Bradley Chubb on that roster too, yeah, they might actually have even more wins, and they're on a win streak. They like, they're not doing bad. I mean, the Giants are sort of in the driver's seat. They are. So that's just my point. Is like, you know, if you're picking that high, yeah. is, is the best running back you can think of going to win more games than a pass rusher? Because you also pass on Saquon Barkley as the player. Like, I mean, 
Look what uh, Christian McCaffrey has done for the Panthers' offense. Like he's been electrifying. How many playoff games have they won? None. But that's the thing. That's they what were I'm saying. A low team. Like it's gonna. T- if you're taking number two yeah. overall and you're deserving of that number two, it's not like the 49ers who are number one overall in the very next year they're in the Super Bowl, right? Like if you're deserving of that number two team, it's gonna take you five years to get going. Exactly. And your running back's gonna be five years older once you get going. Yeah, you don't need a good running back till your team's good. I don't think there's a right and wrong pick necessarily in those situations. I mean, I guess there's wrong picks, but it's it's hard to say like Saquon Barkley was a wrong pick. Um, I'm just saying the who's in a better situation right now, the Browns or the Giants? Well, the Browns, but they have they've made a lot more trades than the Giants have because they drafted Miles Garrett when they had a high pick to get him, and then they paid him, and that man is killing it he for is. him. He is killing it. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I mean, you look at Zeke Elliott. How many playoff games have the Cowboys won with Zeke Elliott? None. Christian McCaffrey, Saquon. They make headlines. They make fantasy teams happen. Yeah. But they're not winning games. Yeah. The Washington football team is looks like the strongest team in that division other than the Giants right now. And they're doing it with J.D. McKissick, who couldn't make the roster in Seattle. Well, I'm guessing then your only argument really is is that no skills position player should ever be taken in the first round. No, not no. And that it should mostly be defensive linemen, it should mostly be offensive linemen, and then maybe a quarterback. No, no. I'm, if, uh, I think wide receivers should be taken. Not the first round. I'm talking mostly top five, top okay. ten. Because, like, you know as well as I do, once you get out of that top ten, it's, you know, it's all a free-for-all. Yeah. Like, any, any of the players taken past uh, maybe about – Eight or nine is like everyone has them ranked differently, and it's just a it's just a, a crapshoot. But when you get to the very top, it's usually pretty consensus. So my last argument for this is: yeah. look where the Giants are now. They're a playoff team, most likely if they keep winning. Mm. They are. They're a playoff team. I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. I think, and the- if they had Saquon Barkley, I would say they'd be even better. Yes, no, no doubt that Saquon Barkley would make that team better. Yeah, my argument is just that, and so that's that's. Three years, and they made it to the playoffs. Whereas the Redskins, I mean, if the Giants say good, the Eagles come back. The football team, if the Giants <laughs> say good and the Eagles come back, I mean, yeah. they may be five, six years till they're in the playoffs. They could always be that second or third place team. Yeah, I'm just saying that I, I think running backs are important. I uh, I really like a good running back. I Maybe I'm a yeah. little biased because my team found their best running back without even drafting him. Right. Yeah, I would not say – you should ever take a running back in the top five unless it's Saquon Barkley-esque. Yeah. That guy that you know is a game changer. Let me ask you this. Remember when Miles Sanders was coming out? Yeah. I did not think he was that high. Yeah. But a lot of people were trying to sell him like Saquon Barkley. Right. Yeah. What has he done for the Eagles in any way that's like Saquon Barkley? Last year he did a lot. This year not so much. He did a little bit. He had a bunch of 100-yard games. Near the end of the season. Yeah, but it was his first year. I guess that's true. Yeah, but he was he was it, he was never fantasy viable for sure. It was for me. He, he helped me at the end of the season. Really? Yeah. Oh, he oh, was yeah. like a playoff pusher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was good for that. I'm just saying that. Um, I think running backs are important, but I think that maybe the philosophy of take a pass rusher or a quarterback if you're that bad. I agree with you on that. The Giants should have done that. Because more likely they're going to be more durable and last longer in the league. I'm just saying if you got a guy like Saquon Barkley, it's hard to pass on. But let's take the Saquon Barkley pick and let's look at the next year where he took Daniel Jones fourth. Mm-hmm. And then instead of waiting for their next pick in the first round, they just took Daniel Jones first, fourth. And then 
you take those two picks together for David Gettleman, and it just does not spell a good resume in the first round. I don't think. I don't think Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, as we were calling him, he was a. We thought he was going to have a great year. Okay, and to his credit, he didn't have any wide receivers really to start the year. Yeah. He had to wait for some people to show up. Okay, yeah. Sterling Shepard had to get healthy. Um, like you know, they had to get some pieces together. So Daniel Jones may still work out. They're probably as long as he's there, they're probably going to give him the time to work out. Mm-hmm. They did. Did they beat the Seahawks? Right? They did. And was he there? Yeah, he was. No, he wasn't. Colt McCoy was. Oh, there. that's right, Colt McCoy. He didn't play. See, that's what I'm saying. Like their two first round picks, they seem to look better without him. Sometimes that's what's weird. It's just weird. Like the, you would, if I told you that Dan- Daniel Jones was not going to play for the Giants, Saquon Barkley was out for the year, and they were playing Russell Wilson and the Seahawks based on the ESPN hype machine that is Russell Wilson. That's true. And DK Metcalf. Oh my God! How could they do anything wrong? Yeah, except every, every week they're talking about DK Metcalf. And he and when was the last time they had really big scores? I mean, he's fallen off the past two or three weeks. Yeah. But oh, don't want to say anything bad about the Seahawks. And guess who's coming on? The Vikings. Right. <laughs> exactly. The Vikings are figuring it out. Justin Jefferson. Yeah, beast. See, now that's what that's I'm talking a tangent. about. That's a tangent. He was a second round pick. No, he wasn't. He was like thirty three overall. Mm-mm. He was first round to the Vikings. Was he thirty one or thirty two? Where was he? Like twenty two. 22? Yeah. Was it really that high? 21 was the Eagles, and then 22 was the Vikings. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. He was before Brand- – I'm thinking of Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. Brandon Ayuk fell right to the second round. But anyway, um, I think that that's where you take your wide receivers. Like 15th where they took Jerry Judy? Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. Once you get past 10, take a receiver. But if the Broncos have been picking five and Jerry Judy was sitting there, I wouldn't you, you want him. You wouldn't want Jerry Judy, no. No. <laughs> I would never take a top five wide receiver. No. Not anymore. No. Julio Jones. Only if you see what you see on tape for Julio Jones. That's exactly what I'm saying about Saquon Barkley. I do not think Saquon Barkley is the running backs with Julio is the wide receivers. Oh, he 100% was. And coming out of college. Coming out of college, was. but he has not lived up to it yet. Not saying he hasn't lived up to it. Just saying coming out of college, that's what we're talking about. Looking yeah. on tape, who would you take? Okay, true. He had two. He's had 2,000-yard um, seasons, the two that he played more than two games. Mm-hmm. But, you know... I mean, if he was a really great running back, wouldn't he be closer to 2,000 yards? I don't know. Well, he's only had one full season where yeah. he was healthy. So, And the the second season, he had a high ankle sprain, which really affects your whole second half of the season. Right. And yet his total with uh, missing a couple games was about similar to his first year. Yeah. But that was a segue for me to talk about Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley because that takes me to Dave Gettleman. Okay. who is the GM for the Giants, as we discussed. But before he got that job, Lewis Riddick was a candidate for that job. He sat down with the Mara family, went very deep in the interview process. I've heard him talk about it on a couple pods. Um, they ultimately went with Gettleman, the experienced GM, instead of the guy on TV. Mm-hmm. Now, if you, haven't, if you didn't hear our Lewis Riddick episode, but we talked about the Monday Night Football crew, which he is a part of, he probably won't be next year. There's a new report out from verified reporters on Twitter. There's several. I'm not going to give any certain one credit. I can't. I couldn't figure out which one got the scoop first, so nobody gets credit. But they said that Lewis Riddick is a contender for the Atlanta Falcons GM job. Now, he played for the Falcons in the 90s, on and off. And he has experience in the Philadelphia and the Washington front offices. He is the best part of ESPN's draft coverage since they added him. Mm. He says things that aren't just Mel Kuyper, like 
making crap up, like right. whatever Mel Kuyper's always on about. He's got – Mel Kuyper has so many cliches, they're not cliches anymore. They're just things that only he says now. Yeah. And he thinks people understand him. It's crazy. <laughs> but Lewis Riddick, I think, will make a fantastic GM for whatever team grabs him. And uh, that's what we were talking about, basically. I mean, this podcast, we told you, Lewis Riddick, look for him to be a GM, possibly in 2021. Now it looks like it's happening. So just a little... Just wanted to sell... Just wanted to toot our own horn a little bit there. We're not going to spend too much time on it. Yeah. But we think the Monday night, the best part of the Monday Night Football crew will be gone after one year. Probably. <laughs> well, hey, the Raiders got <laughs> their head coach from the Monday Night yeah. Football booth. It seems to be a good transition place. <laughs> And Jason Witten did Monday Night Football, and he was like, I'd rather play. Yeah, I'll go to Oakland. <laughs> so that takes us to the story you've all been waiting for. Oh, boy. UNLV quarterback Max Gilliam has issued an apology after he was filmed eating sushi off a nude model while on the Bravo reality TV show Below Deck. This is probably one of the most forced apologies ever. Right? Like, what college guy is actually sorry about eating sushi off a naked girl right especially if you go to unlv exactly you're not like the moral high ground here yeah you're in las vegas like have you guys been to las vegas have you been to las vegas there's literally i I went in like the dead of like february going into march mm -hmm. like the coldest it could be about so 95 And, and girls just wore um nude leggings to still wear stuff where their ass was hanging out. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, all the outfits have asses hanging out. Yeah. So it's just a common occurrence. Like, nudity in Las Vegas is expected. To me, this seems like a coach said, you got to apologize. I'm sorry, son. NCAA yeah, might come gotta, down on you us. You got to go do it. Now, has, have, he was it, like, okay, I'll do it. Fine. Have you ever seen Below Deck? I have not. I'm going to share something with you, podcast audience. So, um... Through an acquaintance of mine, I was forced to watch some Below Deck, and it's kind of a guilty pleasure of mine. Now, I'm not going to watch it on my own, but I've seen several episodes from different seasons. The idea of Below Deck is, unlike unlike the other Bravo shows where it's housewives from insert city here arguing mm-hmm. over whose weave is better, Right. it's more like um, these people work on a super yacht, some rich people come on, and you follow the crew that's making it all happen. And then... There's drama between the cook and the chief stew, or there's drama between, like, you know. So every Bravo show. Well, yes, but these these people are technically working. Okay. <laughs> the the dudes the dudes that work on the so deck. So are the housewives. <laughs> I don't think so. The, the, it's usually mostly dudes on the deck, yeah. and you don't get to see them on camera that much, probably because they're steering a fucking ship. And right. Go, <laughs> sailing. <laughs> but the people inside seem to have plenty of time. Oh, I bet when they're filming, those boats never actually leave the docks. Oh, no, they do. You sure they do? Yeah. Oh, no, definitely. Because, like, part of it is, like, putting people in the water, uh, driving them to shore for, like, setting up a picnic on the... On, you know, like, like, all reality shows are scripted. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think uh, these people really pay for... I looked into this before. They really pay for the yacht, but they get a discount for being on the show. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, because you, you know how much this shit costs? This is Millions. Like, well, not millions, well, but thousands. Like, like 20 grand. Yeah. Like something like that, like twenty grand, and then like millions to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then they'll give out a tip that's equivalent. So like you, you make a, you make some sort of wage working, but they do it for the tip. Yeah. So usually you tip really well if you get good service. So it's like always at the end they have it's so reality show at the end they'll have everybody lined up on the dock and they're leaving and they'll go 
here's something for the crew. It's an envelope. They give it to the captain. And the captain goes, you made this many euros. And then Bravo will put up the U.S. numbers for us dumb fuckers who don't know (laughs) (laughs) European money. But, yeah. So long and short of it is, because I've seen Below Deck, I can tell you that eating sushi off of a nude model who could not be nude completely on Bravo, obviously. There was, like, I saw some pictures. There were leaves covering the... You know, it was kind of like a Adam and, there was some blurs. Adam and Eve type nudity with yeah. the leaves. Yeah. Um, this is stupid. <laughs> it's like it's a stupid thing for him to apologize for. Yeah. It's, it's, it's on a reality TV show, which you just said we believe all of them are scripted or at least a majority of them. Yeah. Don't come at me, reality show truthers. But like, if it's scripted, what's the problem with him doing it? Oh, even if that, like, he's, a, he's old enough to do that. Yeah, he's not, he's not he's 17. He's not seven. Like, eating sushi off of a naked woman. And they're like, oh, my God, we got to tell your parents. Yeah. Like, he's an old enough guy. He's in college. He can make his own decisions. Like, I get it for the, like, viewership or the image of the school. They mm-hmm. probably made him apologize. So that's not like, oh, this is what we do at UNLV. But this is what they do at UNLV. Uh <laughs> It's just like, oh, man, it goes on and on. They didn't find out till Monday morning. Whatever. You know what, Max Gilliam? Eat all the sushi you want off of naked women. Yeah. Naked men if you want. We're not here to tell you how to identify. We just won't watch that. (laughs) We won't watch the other one either. Yeah. Because the person that made me watch Below Deck is no longer in a position to do that. Leave that there. My wife's not into it, so. My wife. I wish I hadn't done Borat. I couldn't help it. (laughs) My My wife. I I, I reached peak whiteness just now. Yeah. (laughs) All right. You ready for the warning? Let's do it. All right. If this is for some reason your first time listening in, welcome. But the idea of 10-minute warning is we're going to go through the entire slate of games for week 14, and we're going to do it in just 10 minutes. Ready? Ready? Go. Okay, first game, Patriots-Rams. The Rams are favored by four and a half. It opened up at six. It's probably going to move a little bit more before Sunday. Over-unders 44. Is this in L.A.? It's in L.A. It's a new stadium for Tom Brady to get. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a new stadium for Bill Belichick. (laughs) It's a new stadium for Bill Belichick to get a win in. I have a feeling the Patriots are going to win this game. They just had a huge win against the Chargers. Why not beat two L.A. teams in a row? I think that the Rams might win this game, and only because of how the Super Bowl went. Okay. I think that Belichick was able to outsmart Sean McVay in the Super Bowl, and I think that with Cam Newton's limited ability to throw and Jalen Ramsey being on the Rams, Mm -hmm. I think that as long as Aaron Donald in the game and the gang can keep the line of scrimmage secure with the run, keep Damian Harris and Cam Newton Locked down. I think the Rams can win handily. Okay. Um, timeout. What do we get to? 8.54. Okay. We got plenty of time. Yeah. Time for a question. All right. I'm not off to a good start so far. Trivia question. Yeah, you're 0-1. I'm 0-1. I've had two good previous weeks or <laughs> times, whatever. It's been some weeks, but. Yeah. Let's see if you have this one. I feel like I'm going to go 0-5 today. <laughs> you don't have a good feeling about trivia today? I don't have today. a good feeling about trivia at all. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think this is going to work. Yeah. Okay. Bill Belichick's fourth win by 45-plus points. Okay. Which we just discussed. Mm-hmm. 
ties this legendary Dallas Cowboys coach for the most such wins in the Super Bowl era. Dallas Cowboys coaches. Oh, as soon as you hear this name, you're going to know. I know Gene Stallings. That's an Alabama coach. I don't know. Nope. Uh, I know know who you're going to say. I just don't know the name. I can't put the name on my tongue. Legendary. I'm talking back in. Like, he held the job for 30 years, I think. I know. I know exactly. Like, I know, but I just don't. Tom Landry. Yeah. Tom Landry. That's it. (laughs) <laughs> I know, I just can't put the name out there. I hear that. I thought you might have said uh, Jason Garrett or something. No, no, I knew it wasn't Jason Garrett. <laughs> All, right, All right, Ray. Time back in. Go. Titans, Jaguars. So the Titans are heavy favorites in this, but they opened up as nine and a half point favorites. Now they're only seven point favorites. The over under moved from 45 and a half up to 53. Okay. They're expecting some scoring, but the Jaguars are one and eleven. The Titans are eight and four. Yeah, I feel like the uh, Titans kind of want that revenge a little bit. Not revenge, but they just got beat pretty well. I mean, they came back, but the yeah, they Browns, came back at the end. But the Browns, came back at the end, but the Browns manhandled them. Yeah, and I think they want a little bit of like the pressure starting to cook. That we got to make the playoffs. We got to look good going into the playoffs. All that. So I also think that the Jaguars, though. Um, Because the GM's been fired. The head coach is basically on an island. Yeah. So I think it's tough to tell if Doug Marone actually wants wins or if he's hoping to keep his job and get to pick a quarterback. Yeah. But I feel like Gardner Minshew would be in the game more if they wanted to win. True. But they start. So I think this game is close, and I don't think the Titans cover, but I do think the Titans win. Yeah, that's how I feel. I think it'll be a a grind out. Cowboys, Bengals. This is a tough one. Yeah. It also doesn't look like a fun one. The Bengals, the, I mean, the Cowboys have looked a little bit better. Still 3 From nine. where they first started, where they could, couldn't even score a touchdown. Yeah. So, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. But they also said that... Uh, Cowboys are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, running back, Zeke Elliott, is, didn't practice today. Really? Or hamstring or something. He just held out of practice. Now, see, that could be interesting, though, because if Tony Pollard gets a full workload against the porous Bengals defense, yeah. either one of them could look pretty good against the Bengals, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Cowboys. Cowboys? I'm going to go with the uh, Cowboys as well. I feel like the Bengals are are looking pretty good draft pick-wise. Their yeah. quarterback's done for the year. Their coach is not going to get fired. No. Like, you get a lot of security in Cincinnati. You don't get anywhere else. Yeah. If Joe Burrow was playing, I'd say otherwise. But If Joe Burrow was playing, the line would say otherwise. Yeah. Cardinals, Giants. The Cardinals are 6-6. Six and six. Giants are 5-7. and seven. Cardinals are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under, currently at 45. Hasn't really moved much. I'm going to take the Giants because I feel like they got more to play for right now. they got to keep that lead in the division. And the Cardinals have not looked good as of late. Everything I'm looking at for defenses is saying the Cardinals defense start, don't start the Giants defense, which is what they said last week, but I got 12 points out of them against Seattle. You know what I'm saying? Like, people are sleeping on the Giants ranking-wise and everything else. Right. You might be right here, but I also think the Cardinals kind of have their season on the line. That's true. That's another – like, where's the game being played at? I think that – It's in New York. Yeah, I'm sticking with the Giants. The Cardinals are six and six. I think this is make or break. You got to win this game in that division, or you're heading. Yeah. yeah, they might be done soon. Like, I'm going to go with the Cardinals, okay. and I'm probably going to regret it. Texans, Bears. Uh, the Texans are four and eight, and the Bears are five and seven. I think that's important because yeah, 
I mean, the Bears are six games losing streak right now. Yeah, like they were four. They were a four win team. Yeah, they were doing good, and, and it just all went off the rails. Then it all. I'm going to take the Texans. I think Deshaun Watson is. He looked pretty defeated after that last game mm-hmm. with the way it ended, but I think he's he's hungry for some wins to finish the season. It'll be interesting to see if Brandon Cooks can play. Yeah. Um, Concussion-wise, because if Kiki Cutie is their best wide receiver. That's true. It's not looking good. No, I mean, I think he could still look good, though. Yeah. I don't know. Kiki, Kiki looked good. Last, I mean, Thanksgiving, 144 yards. That's true. That ain't bad. I'm taking the Texans, too. Okay. I don't think the Bears figure it out against the Texans. Uh, they're playing for Romeo Cornell like you never thought. Broncos-Panthers, a game I'm actually thinking about going to. Well, you'll hear about that next week if I make it. But it's 4-8, and 4-8. Eight, and eight. Mm-hmm. Two teams that are projected to pick in the top 10 right now and could really head in any direction to try to fix their season with four extra wins or four extra losses. I think this is going to be a defensive game mm-hmm. since that's really what both teams had to rely on, but I'm picking the Broncos. I'm picking the Broncos, too. Christian McCaffrey didn't practice today. Yeah. There's a chance he doesn't come back for it. Um, and the Broncos played so tough against the Chiefs, they feel like they could have beat the Chiefs. Yeah. If they have that mentality against the Panthers, they should win the game. should. Yeah, that's how I see it. So I think the Broncos win that one. The Panthers are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Really? Oh, well, I, they're the same record, and one's the home team. West Coast team traveling yeah. to the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah, so I can yeah, see that. Yeah, you usually get at least three points for home field. Let's go on to the Vikings Buccaneers. Um, Vikings are six and six. Bucks are seven and five. Another so, team that's on a little bit of a skid, but they've a, had some tough matches. Yeah, this is a pretty big game because I mean the Vikings started zero and four and have bounced back since then, and the Bucks have not looked good as of late. I'm taking the Vikings to continue being hot. Justin Jefferson is catching everything. Yeah. He's he he's caught COVID three times and they yeah. don't even test him for it. Right, <laughs> he's catching everything so quick. Um, I think the Bucks have to win this game. They have to win it, but you you have the Vikings coming down to Tampa, so you've got the weather advantage. They're yeah. going to be used to the. I mean, what did Stefan Diggs say when he was there? He was like, he's like uh, the number one thing you you might need in Minnesota that you didn't know before you got drafted there. He said a heated garage. Yeah, that's how cold it is. All right, and then they go down to Tampa. I mean, they're going to like it, but it's going to throw them off. I'm taking the Bucks, but if I was betting with a six and a half point line on the Bucks, I would probably take the over. Yeah. I would take the over. I wouldn't pick a team. Timeout. Three minutes. Three minutes? Oh man. It's not looking good. We're gonna have to go fast. We'll have to speed through. Yeah. Alright. No problem. Some of these matchups are easy. First, let's do the question, huh? Yep. Oh and two. Over three, right here. Here we go. <laughs> This tight end has his fifth career 1,000-yard receiving season, the most in his team's history, and the most ever by a tight end. He's also done it in consecutive seasons. Who is it? Is it Travis Kelsey? Yes. Travis Kelsey. I'm not a loser. <laughs> Travis, oh, you still have a losing record. Oh, uh, sure. Travis Kelsey is literally doing things at the tight end position no one else has done. The tight end position right now is Travis Kelsey – and then a bunch of other dudes. Yeah, maybe George Kittle, if he was injured. If, if he, he had been there. injured so much, yeah. but yeah, I mean, he and he's in a contract dispute with the 49ers. Right? Like, yeah, it's rough. Ugh, they better not let him go. All right, ready? Ready. We only have three minutes. Yep, and it's going. Oh crap! I you said ready, not go. Chiefs, Dolphins. Chiefs are seven point favorites. Chiefs. Yeah, Chiefs. Colts, Raiders. Um, 
Colts are three point favorites, eight and four. Raiders are seven and five. I'm taking the Colts. The Raiders almost lost to the Jets. Yeah, I'm taking the Colts too. Yeah. Jets, Seahawks, uh, Seahawks. Seahawks. 13 and a half point favorites. But this could be a game that the Jets finally get a win, the way the Seahawks are playing. The way the Seahawks have been playing lately, I wouldn't bet on it, but the Jets might get their first yeah. win. I would possibly bet on the Jets if I'm betting this game because 13 and a half is a lot for a team like that. Yeah. Any team. Packers, Lions. Seven and a half point favorite Packers. The Packers are nine and three. Lions are five and seven and don't have a head coach right now. Packers. Packers, yeah. Um, Falcons, Chargers. Uh, the Falcons are two and a half point favorites. That's gone up. The Chargers are three and nine. Where's the Falcons are four and eight. Out? It's in uh, LA. I'll take the Chargers. To bounce back against the Falcons? Yeah. Yeah, I think the Chargers bounce back too at home, and Justin Herbert's only had one bad game, and I just don't think that the Falcons – I don't think Raheem Morris is going to be able to scheme like Bill Belichick. Right. Or he would have kept his job in Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> Timeout. <laughs> Minute 43. See, that was pretty quick. Yeah. Five. Four games left. Okay, we can do it. We can do this. Mm-hmm. Can I come back and trivia? That's the real question. Yes, the real. That's what you're really worried about. Yeah, because you're one and two. It's actually more fun this way with you starting off down. Yeah, because you have to you work never out. Know. I can come back. I can win this thing. If you win, if you get the first three right in a row, it really takes the steam out of it for me. Yeah, because then you like you win no matter what. Yeah, frustrating. I had some syllables that word. Jalen Hurts will become the youngest quarterback to start for the Eagles in the Super Bowl era on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me who the previous youngest quarterback was? Hint, he started in 1985. Well, that's not a hint. It's a, well, it tells you which era. I mean, when he was the youngest quarterback, he did it in 85. Uh, John Elway. Why would you guess John Elway? He's played for only one team. I don't know. Okay, no, not John Elway. Um, <laughs> He's only played for the Broncos. He retired I, with them. I have no idea. You can't name any legendary Eagles quarterbacks from yesteryear? Oh, it's an Eagles quarterback. Yes, it's for the Eagles. Oh, um, He's the youngest quarterback to start for the Eagles. Can I phone a friend? In 85. I'm the only one here. I have a phone. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot. Uh, I can't. My in-laws will probably be disappointed. Name one quarterback for the Eagles. Carson Wentz. <laughs> Randall Cunningham. That's what I was thinking of, but I couldn't remember the name. Randall Cunningham and Tom Landry are not on Harrison's mind. No, they're not. <laughs> All right, let's resume it. Hit it go. Ready? Go. Saints-Eagles. The Saints are seven-point favorites. The Saints are 10-2. and two. Eagles are 3-8-1. and one. I think this will be a close game, but I'm going to take the Saints. I'm going to take the Saints, and uh, I can the Eagles stop the run? Yeah. They have the best defensive line in the NFL, or one of them. Washington. Um, yeah, Washington. But. Yeah, I'm taking the Saints, too, but I don't know if they'll cover because Taysom Hill has been a little bit. That's mm. the only reason why. Yeah. Like, it's going to be a battle of two kind of terrible quarterbacks. But he did get two passing touchdowns last week, so now he's That's shown true. he can do that. Yeah. Um, so we're both taking the Saints, I think. One minute. Football team, 49ers. 49ers are favored by three, believe it or not. I'm taking the football team. I'm taking the football team. All right, timeout. How much time we got left? 59 seconds. Fantastic. Glad we had a trivia question. We only have two games left. Yeah. We can do that in 59 seconds. All right, so now uh, one and three. Yeah, I've lost. <laughs> let's see if you can break even here. I can't break even. Well, let's see if you can get um, – a better there's percentage. I, there's nothing I can win here. You can, you can double your wins. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this. 
I'm going to give it to you the hard way, and then I'll give you a hint if you miss it. This AFC team has now recorded the longest game streak since Team Sacks became official in 1963. 69 straight games with a sack. Which team is it? AFC. AFC. And I'll give you a hint after you guess. Is it the Steelers? No hint needed. The hint was going to be an AFC playoff team. I knew they were high in interceptions, but I remember seeing a stat this week that it was like they had like the most interceptions also, but they were like even more in sacks. Mm-hmm. They've gotten one in every game for 69 straight games. Yeah. So that's really funny looking at how Chase Young and the football team beat them. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I digress. With an interception on the end. You're right. <laughs> All right, you ready? Go. Steelers, Bills. Steelers are 11 and 1. Bills are 9 and 3. This looks like a pretty good game. The Bills are favored at home over the Steelers because they just lost and dropped one to the football team. I have always said this whole season that the Steelers are a team that could get to the playoffs and lose in the first round. I'm taking the Bills. I am taking the Bills, too, because after watching the Steelers play the football team, which don't, doesn't have very many corners, I'm not, eh. You're not impressed. Ravens Browns Ravens are seven and five and they manhandled the Browns at the first week but the Browns are nine and three yet the Ravens are still favored even though the game's in Cleveland who do you got I'm gonna go with Cleveland I'm gonna take the Ravens okay Pause. 17, 17 seconds to spare. we beat our record last time it was 14 seconds hell yeah yeah leftover time yeah we're the best now that we finish that, I mean, I kind of I want the Browns to win that game, but I do too. I just I just see the Ravens winning it. Yeah, the Ravens may have the formula for the Browns. That's why they blew them out the first time. They know how to play. I, John Harbaugh knows how to play the teams in his division. Ooh. And after what they just did to the Cowboys, I know that's not impressive, but that's a confidence building win after they had had some struggles. If right. the Ravens were still struggling going into this game, different story. But. If the Browns put up 41 on the Ravens, just prepare your hype train. Yeah. (laughs) Prepare your – so we're going to end the show with one quick note. I've alluded to it a couple times tonight, but we're going to go right to it. As of week 14, this is the NFL draft order for 2021. Ready? Right. Right now the Jets are 0-12. They're number one. The Jaguars are 1-11. Number two. The Jaguars, I've been saying it for a while. I feel like the Jets are going to accidentally win a game. I can't believe it didn't happen in week 13 with five seconds left. Well, they purposely blew it. Right? Greg Williams literally got fired. Because he purposely blew it. They were I, like, here, we won't fire you. Go run a terrible play. They're like, hey, why don't you blitz them with everybody? Yeah. Who? How many people? Everyone. How safe is my job? He probably. They probably said, if you blow this coverage, you're fired. And he said, great. <laughs> Get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a good thing about resume. So Jaguars are two. I think the Jaguars will figure out a way to sneak into number one, but we'll see. Okay. Two teams with green, by the way. Bengals are at number three. Now, the Bengals are going to be something big next year if they pick that high because if the first two teams are getting quarterbacks, they're going to get the pass rusher of their choosing mm-hmm. to put on the other side of the ball and help Joe Burrow. Yep. So they'll get Joe Burrow one year, a pass rusher the next year, and the Bengals were looking good without a pass rusher. I've even seen uh, possibly they could do, like, uh, offensive linemen there from Northwestern. Yeah. I mean, offensive linemen wouldn't be bad either. Somebody on a line for sure, Yeah, I think. Um, the Cowboys are 3-9, and nine and they're picking fourth. Okay. 
the char- defense. The Chargers are five, also at three and nine right now. The Eagles are six. The Panthers are seven. Ooh. The Falcons are eight. The Dolphins are nine. Because they had that they all those trades. Yeah, the trade with the Texans, exactly. Yeah. And then the Broncos are ten. Okay. So I'm just gonna go ahead and say this as Harrison being a Panthers fan and me being a Broncos fan. This game has a lot of importance. This game is very important to us because whichever one of our teams loses, that fan is going to start cheering for them to lose out. Yeah, (laughs) get that high pick. (laughs) Because, you know, I'm not saying they need to replace Drew Locke. Drew Locke is still my boy. I believe you got to give him time to develop. But we're not going anywhere this season if we're we're at 4-9. Yeah. So, uh, and a 7-9 record isn't worth a damn. The seven and nine record's not worth a damn. And the Broncos have the toughest remaining schedule or one of the top five. Yeah. Like they had a really tough beginning and end in a soft middle. They never get an easy schedule. Yeah. The Patriots always get an easy schedule. I wonder why that is. So if you're watching the Broncos Panthers game on Sunday, just be aware of what it means for your boys, Ian and Harrison. Yep. Speaking of them, I'm Ian. I'm Harrison. And we're out.